Well, good morning, church. Wow. Uh, I thought there was a hesitancy when Paul said good morning. And, and, and so I thought we were warmed up by now. I know there's some prom people out here that went to prom last night or they were working at prom last night and they got home at 2 in the morning or something like that or 4 in the morning or you haven't gone to bed yet. I don't know. But we'll try it again. Good morning. Okay, that person has too much caffeine. Oh, that was, that was Dave maybe. I don't know. It is a special day. We do want to honor our mothers today, and uh, there, there's just something special about moms. I mean, you know, you can say their name, and uh, you might get tears. You might be a little frustrated with your mom, or you're sorrowful, or you're like, it just brings a big smile to your face. We're just sort of all over the place when it comes to uh, mentioning the name of our, our mother, and, but they, they hold a special place in our hearts, and uh, I have to sit there and think, you know, what is it that sets moms so apart from everybody, right? And then I found some tweets online. Now, here's the thing. I, I got off my Twitter account. I closed it up a couple years ago because I decided Twitter was just a social platform that I didn't want to be around. Um, but I saw these, these tweets online. I thought, i got to bring them up because they do speak into where moms are today. Um, so the first tweet I saw was this. Currently helping my son search for his chocolate that I ate last night. Moms, anybody can relate to that one right there, I bet? Yeah, it happened last night. Okay, how about this one? I was asked to switch, uh, asked to switch seats on the plane because I was sitting next to a crying baby. Apparently, that's not allowed if the baby is yours. Yeah. I like this one. In the Mary Poppins voice, okay, children, time to go. Fifteen minutes later, Batman voice, I said let's go. Moms, can you relate to that, maybe? Yes, yes. The kids are like, yes. How about this one? I don't care how cute your kid is when you wake up in the middle of the night and you see them standing next to your bed. They are terrifying. Yeah. This one I can completely relate to in, in our household. First kid, healthy, organic, everything when it comes to eating. By the time you get to the third kid, KFC, chicken leg falls on the floor. Just pick it up and eat it. I don't care. We call that the five-second rule. It might be a 15-minute rule, depending on where you are and what it is. Yeah, sounds familiar, doesn't it? Well, that, I look at that, and it's like, yeah, that helps me understand the difference with moms and dads and men and women. And from the beginning of creation, we know this. From the beginning of creation, men and women are different. It's obvious, right? But that's what God did at the beginning of creation. He created man, and he said, I'm giving you a role. I'm giving you responsibility. You are man. And then he created woman, and he gave woman role and responsibility. And we look at that, and we celebrate it, and we say it's good to be different because that's the way God created us. But then we look through this world, and we, it's funny because we talk about the importance of diversity and being different, but then it's like, but then men want to be women, women want to be men. And it's like, oh, this is confusing because we're not supposed to be the same. We were created to be different. Men were created with role and responsibility. Women were created with role and responsibility. This is right from the very beginning in Genesis. We read this. And I was thinking about that. It's like, but even if maybe some women are better at things than men and men are better at other things than women, it's like, why bring that up? You know, sometimes we do that and joke about it, but it's like they're supposed to be, one is supposed to be better at something and another is supposed to be better at another thing because God created us that way. And that's okay. 
So ladies, I, I look at this, and men, I look at this and say, we were created to be different. But there is one thing that I believe that both men and women should do, and that is reflect the God in our life that we love. That we should reflect our faith and how we live. Empowered by God's Holy Spirit, our faith should shine for the world to see. And our godliness must be evident. Let me say that again. Our godliness must be evident. And how you display that as a man and how you display it as a woman was probably going to be different. And that is good. And this morning, if you would open up your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 31, we're going to look at this to the ladies. And as we look into this passage in Proverbs 31, a lot of you ladies have been, oh, I've been in a Bible study, or I've been a part of this, or I've studied Proverbs 31. I want to be that Proverbs 31 woman. And, uh, and we're going to look at some of this and understanding that many theologians will point out that these verses, the way they are arranged and lined up, each of the 22 verses begins with the successive letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And people are always like, why did they do that? Sometimes, you know, for the most obvious reason would be to help you memorize something. It makes it, if it's in order, it's like, oh, that makes sense. And so I can maybe memorize. There's also maybe a poetic uh, reason behind it as well. One theologian said this. He said, the poem, he called it, is an organized arrangement of the virtues of the wise wife, the ABCs of wisdom. So he looked at it in a very poetic way. But this passage that focuses on a, a wise wife, a, a godly woman. Now, men, please do me a favor. Do not check out at this point, okay? Like, oh, this is for the ladies, so let's see, where's my phone at? No, no, no. We are their greatest support in accomplishing this goal. Did you hear that, men? As well as for the children and for the kids. Just as we would hope that men, as you would hope that a woman is praying for you in your life, we need to be praying for them as well in their life and what they face and what they go through. David Guzik said this, he goes, this passage describes the kind of wife the Christian man should pray for and seek after. This passage reminds the Christian man that he must walk in the fear and wisdom of God so that he will be worthy and compatible with such a virtuous woman. This passage gives a guide, a goal for the Christian woman, showing the kind of character she can have as she fears and follows the Lord. So as I looked at different, what other people said about us, I said, okay, well, let's, let's look at this and let's be reminded today of what a godly woman looks like. And let's encourage the women in here, and maybe in those that aren't here that are listening online, to boldly live as God created you and intended you to be. We want to support was what is God saying? And for men to pray for and to cheer on women in such a way to live out a godly life. So let's begin verse 10 of chapter 31. Who can find a virtuous and capable wife? She is more precious than rubies. Her husband can trust her and she will greatly enrich his life. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. This woman is virtuous, she is, which means strong, forceful like an army. And it's, you ask this question, so what does a virtuous woman look like? What does a strong woman look like? 
Well, first, ladies, listen. She understands that she is valued. Before she is virtuous, she is valued. Some people think, well, once I become virtuous, then I will be valued. Once I reach a certain pinnacle in life, then I will be valued. You were created with value. You began with value, regardless of how you have been treated. And as I read through this, I'm sitting there looking at like, okay, so God created you with value. Why are we trying to earn it and prove it? Ladies, your worth is more precious than rubies. Pick any precious gem you can think of. You are more valuable than that. And how do we treat those precious gems? How do we treat those valuables? Do we put them in a safe? Do we, or do we display them for everywhere to see? I mean, how do we treat those things that are special to us? Well, we won't lose them, right? We, we, we don't want to like just let them gather dust. We take care of those things that are precious to us. And, and ladies, you are described as being as valuable and precious as a ruby. How are you being cared for? How are you being treated? Sometimes, you know, we think about this. We're, we are to treat godly women better than a ruby, better than gold, better than fine jewels. And sometimes, men, we, we fail at that. And ladies, even sometimes you fail at that and how you are unkind to yourself. I'm here to tell you you're loved. And you are valued. And we need to treat you in such way. Men, it says here that the man sees her value. She gains the respect of her husband. He has confidence in her because her value adds to her husband's value. She enriches his life. And he's not lacking anything. He has no needs because his wife brings him good. His wife makes him better. She earned her husband's respect by working with him instead of against him. They're teammates, so to say. Husbands and wives, moms, dads, you work together as a team. You think about when you first got married, you said, when we get married, this is the kind of relationship we want to have. At what point in time do you decide otherwise? If this is where you begin, this is your direction, this is your goal, and you work together and you strive together to have a godly relationship. Let's read on verse 13. It says, she finds wool and flax and busily spins it. She's like a merchant ship bringing her food from afar. She gets up before dawn to prepare breakfast for her household and plan the day's work for her servants girl, servant girls. She goes to inspect a field and buys it. And with her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She's energetic and strong, a hard worker. She makes sure her dealings are profitable. Her lamp burns late into the night. Her hands are busy spinning thread and her fingers twisting fiber. Skip down to verse 22. She makes her own bedspreads. She dresses in fine linen and purple gowns. Her husband is well known at the city gates where he sits with the other civic leaders. She makes belted linen garments and sashes to sell them to the merchants. She carefully watches everything in her household and suffers nothing from laziness. Wow. That woman is busy, is she not? I don't know, you, know, you look at the, but what, what do we learn about this virtuous woman? She works willingly with her hands. She enjoys and she finds pleasure in work, in using her hands. She puts in a good day's work. And all this flurry of activity, please understand this, all that we just read in those verses did not happen in one day. Some of you are like, I don't know if I could do that, right? And some of you are like, did it yesterday, right? 
See, here's the thing. When you look through this, this is probably spread out over days, weeks, months, maybe even her lifetime. This is describing her as a whole and how she is managing a home, doing things wisely and properly as she works. And women, you can, today you can take comfort and confidence in God's rendition here of, of here, just how big your job is. It's a big job, right? I know my mom was one of those do-it-all moms. You know, she made sure that all six of us kids, and I had to pause during the first service. I said six kids, and I looked down, and I saw Connie uh, Ricker there, and I'm going, she's got, she, she had 17 in her family. I'm thinking, oh, her mom, <laughs> right? 17 kids. So for me, though, six kids, I felt like my mom, she could do it all. She made sure we had clothes. She got food on the table. Uh, she made sure the house was clean. The, the garden was weeded and planted and all that. And the kids gear off to the school in time. She managed us kids making sure we had chores, that our chores got completed. We learned life lessons. She always made my friends feel like a million dollars. Didn't matter who my friend was, she made them feel like a million dollars. Matter of fact, there was times I was a little jealous of my friends, feeling like she loved them more than me. I don't know if you ever felt that way before, but... That's how much love she had. I mean, she just, she managed everything so well. She hid the Easter baskets, wrapped the Christmas presents, birthday presents. Uh, she ironed our Sunday clothes. And, and today, she still knows more about my high school friends than I do. I mean, I go home and she's like, oh, did you hear about Kevin Heaney? I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. No, what? I, how do you keep up on all this? Mom. She's mom, right? And I see moms today. In a very similar fashion, supporting your kids at dance recitals and concerts and sitting in the bleachers at ball games, and you operate the, the family taxi and you, you clean and you make supper or at least you figure out where to pick it up from. Um, you pay the school fees and the list goes on. And I think about this. Moms, you're nurses, you're teachers, you are child psychologists, you are dietitians, you are housekeepers and cooks, and it takes hard work to maintain a family. And, and for the young moms, you're trying to figure this all out. And, and what's helped you is, is a good pair of pajamas or sweatpants. You've learned to ask for those at Christmas because you've realized some days you just don't want to get out of them. And so it's like, I better have a good pair because it's one of those kind of days, right? The virtuous woman, she encourages women to not become lazy. But when it comes to your home, your husband, your boys, your daughters, your kids, don't be lazy and teach them in the same way to not be lazy as well. And apparently, the hard work that your wife or your mother does at home doesn't just end up doing hard work. It also becomes a helping hand to others. If you look at Scripture, it says here in verse, let's go to verse 20 and 21. It says that she extends a helping hand to the poor and opens her arms to the needy. She has no fear of winter, which basically she is saying uh, she doesn't exert fear into her family. She sort of calms them because she's helping them take care of them for her household. For everyone is, has warm clothes. It's like, what are we going to wear? I got you all under control. It's okay. That's what the mom does. She has, she's a helping hand. She helps other people out. I was looking in Scripture into the New Testament and, Ephesians chapter 4, Paul sort of sums this, this, these two points about being a hard worker and being a helping hand into one verse. Ephesians 4.20, it says, If you're a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good hard work and then give generously to others in need. 
That's what moms do. Moms often set aside their own needs, their wants, to make sure everybody else has what they want. I know my mom was this way. She was always the last one to sit down at the table. Always. She would make sure, look around, you got everything you need, you got everything you need, you got everything. Okay, good. Let me go back to the kitchen, make sure everything is out of the fridge and onto the table, right? Because I want to make sure you're all good. Everybody, okay, now she'll sit down and eat. It's the way mom works. She wants to make sure everybody else is taken care of. That's what moms do. Benjamin Franklin said this, and I know it's not a biblical quote, but sometimes you read a quote and it sort of hits you. A man wrapped up in himself makes a very small bundle. You know, when we're all focused on ourselves and being selfish instead of being selfless, it turns out to be a very small package, doesn't it? But a mom knows it's not about her, and she would do what she can to help others. And Jesus reminded his disciples, too. He said, you need to show compassion. And he, in many moments of teaching and with his disciples, whoever it may be anywhere else, he always had compassion, and it was coupled with an and, then he did something. He showed compassion, and then he helped. He touched, he healed, and I think I mentioned this a couple weeks ago. But he told his disciples this in Matthew chapter 23, verses 11 and 12. He said this, The greatest among you must be a servant. Must be a servant. But those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Jesus is saying, listen, you want to be great? I always ask a lot of athletes, you want to be good or great? Good's average. God didn't create you to be average. God created you for greatness. Now, I'm not talking about winning awards and stuff. I'm talking about what God created you with value. So you want to be good or great? Well, I want to be great, right? I don't want to be average. A great leader must learn to serve. How can I help you? Sometimes it's so hard in the world we live in, right? But Jesus even said in Luke 6, 31, do unto others as you want others done unto you. How do you want to be treated? Well, how about this? However, the way you want to be treated, how about you treat others in the same way? With that kind of kindness, with that kind of helping hand. Remember that no act of kindness, no matter how small, is ever wasted. If you ever sit there and think, oh, it's just this little thing. That little thing might be something big. Never underestimated. Mothers make a variety of sacrifices on behalf of their family, sometimes even sacrificing their own life. And it's clear that we often overlook the sacrifices that moms make. Now, staying in the same area of compassion and caring as this virtuous woman that we see here, Proverbs 31, 26, take a look at that verse. That goes on to say, when she speaks, her words are wise, and she gives instructions with kindness. Did you see that? It's like when, when, a, when a mother opens her mouth, preferably those words of advice and counsel and, and direction are words that are wise and instructional, but they're seasoned with kindness. They're seasoned with kindness. Proverbs 16, 24 says, Kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. Now, some of you maybe have heard of Irma Bombeck before. Uh, Irma Bombeck always had these uh, peculiar sayings and quotes and things. And she said this, when your mother asks, do you, do you want a piece of advice? It's a mere formality. It doesn't matter if your answer is yes or no. You're going to get it anyway. Isn't that true? Moms have a way of speaking truth into our lives, whether we want it or not. 
on various occasions, I remember that. He's like, I don't need any advice, but mom will give it to you, whether you want it or not. And all we pray is that those words are seasoned with kindness. It doesn't matter. Parents, I'm going to tell you right now. From ages 12 to 19, your children don't want your advice. Okay? They do, but they're going to act like they don't want it. But when they get into their late 20s, early 30s, it's like a boomerang. It comes back. Hey, what do you think about? Hey, mom. Hey. Right? Ladies, as you offer advice, season it with kindness. We get to the end of the, of the chapter, and, and there's, there's so much in here. But this verse here, verse 29 and 30, really sums it up. It says, there, there are many virtuous and capable women in the world, but you surpass them all. Who is it that surpasses them all? Charm is deceptive. Beauty does not last. But a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. The woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. That's worth underlining and putting in bold, right, ladies? Moms, you do it all, and I say thank you. And I want to encourage you as you teach, as you raise children. For myself, I, you know, all those that you work with, let me, let me put it like this. Some of you in here are maybe not a mother, but you have been a mother to somebody. You're like the best aunt. You've been a great neighbor. You've been a great coworker. You've been like a mother to somebody. Some of you are mothers to kid, people who are not your kids. If you serve in our nursery, children's church, Wednesday night, you are more than just a volunteer. You're like a mother to these kids. And we appreciate that. As a, a former high school girls coach, some of you didn't know, I coached high school girls volleyball for 14 years. Um, and in those 14 years of coaching, somebody said, what was the hardest thing about being a coach? I said, coaching girls. Let's face it, I grew up with all boys, one sister. She was older than me. She was out of the house before I really under, knew her that well. I've got three sons, and I was coaching girls 24-7. And I learned a lot, right? And in those 14 years of coaching girls, here's what I know. There's more to be taught than victories on a scoreboard. There's so much in trying to help young ladies become godly women, and I knew that was not my role as a man but there's only certain things that you ladies can do in helping other young ladies become godly women. So I thank you for all that you do. And as I read through Proverbs 31, there's a great description of a godly woman here. And there's so much more in this chapter. I mean, you've got authors and theologians. They'll write 200-page bestsellers on this, just off of this passage. And we can learn more and more about his description of a, of a godly woman. But here's, here's what I... I, I don't need any more description. What I would love to see is just a godly woman. Instead of just describing a godly woman, I want to see godly women. And when it comes to, let me put it like this, when it comes to, it's sort of like when I buy shoes, okay? Some people like to buy things online. Some people like to go to the store. I'm the person that wants to go to the store, not long, but long enough to find what I need and then get out, okay? But when I go in, I want to pick up the shoe. I want to feel it. I want to see if it's got a bend to it. 
I don't sniff it, okay? Although new shoes do smell good, okay? But I want to put it on and I want to walk in it. How does it feel? Does it pinch my feet or do they feel comfortable, right? Then when I feel it, I think this, this is the shoe. And I purchase it, right? In a similar fashion, when I look at Proverbs 31, I see the description of a godly woman. Okay? And I can read about it. I can read about a good shoe. But I would rather have that shoe and know how it fits into my life. In the same way, I would rather have a godly woman who fits into my life. And, and I'd see how they live and they shine for the Lord. How their faith is evident. And I can say that God has blessed me with a godly mother. God has blessed me with a godly wife. God has blessed me with many godly women in this church who have shown their faith. Your faith is evident. And it's an honor as your pastor to look out amongst all of you and thank you women for being godly women. And I want to encourage you to continue to strive to be godly women, to follow the Lord with everything you have, with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And it's like, Rex, is it okay that we take time and honor the women at church? Aren't we supposed to be opening up the Bible and be preaching? It's like, I am. I don't know if you know this, but I am, okay? And if you would look with me to verse 28, it says, her children stand and bless her. So kids, we're gonna, no, I'm not gonna do it. Um, <laughs> kids, get up and give me a roar. Um, her children stand and bless her. See, when, when family talks about mom, we want it to be good, right? But look at verse 31. Reward her for all she has done. Let her deeds publicly declare her praise. Positive. Be positive, man. Be encouraging to the godly women in your life. And even if they're, they're not close to you, like, man, as you see the women in this church, are you praying for them? For some reason, we're, we're bent on finding error with one another. We're bent on being critical with one another. And that's not what God created us to do. Some of us, matter of fact, we're just too mean to ourselves. We look in the mirror and we, we don't see the value. We don't see what God has created and understand how special you are in his eyes. God made the world and everything in it, which includes you. And when you encourage or praise something or someone, you are indirectly praising God. When I look at a mountain or a sunrise, and I'm like, I love creation, right? And I'm thinking, man, God is so good. Did you see what he created? But we stop when we do that with mankind because we're afraid then we're going to be misunderstood. When I look at somebody and say, man, you're beautiful. and God created you. And I thank God for you. And like, oh, they're hitting on me. Oh, no, see, this, 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 you know, see how that can be confusing? The truth is, God created you. You are his creation. You're beautifully created in, with God's power, with God's hands. And when we look at you this morning, ladies, and we thank God for you, we are indirectly praising the God who created you this morning. We aren't worshiping you, ladies. We're worshiping the one who created you, and he did a fantastic job. He really did. If I were to, to sort of look around, you know, the room this morning, and I'd pick anybody, okay? If I were to pick, for instance, Joel right here in front of me and sort of say, hey, 
what is it that your wife makes for you that is just super good? I mean, there's a dish that she'll make that's like, oh, I, this is the one I want her to make, okay? And then she puts it in front of you, and you're like, oh, this is awesome. Okay, you got that picture in mind? Okay. Now, I'm not going to have you answer this out loud, okay? Are you more thankful for what is in front of you or for the one who put it in front of you? Hopefully the answer is <laughs> the one who put it in front of you. Is that what you're going to say? <laughs> See, we, we love the gift, right? We love what's been put in front of us. We love what's been dished out to us. But who put it there? That is the one we should love even more so. And when I look around and how God has placed godly women into my life, I'm very thankful for the godly women that God's placed in my life, but I'm thankful for the one who has placed them in my life. So we worship God in, in all of this is what I'm saying. Men, children, when you praise the godly women in your life, listen, it encourages them. It encourages them to continue to live that godly life. It, it strengthens their daily walk. So men, kids, on a day like today, it's a great day to look at the, the godly women in your life, your mother, grandmother, a teacher, somebody who's, who's been there for you, and thank them. Because when you encourage them, it strengthens their walk with the Lord. Worship team, would you come forward, please? As they're coming forward, I want to say this, um, you know, the, we've, we've looked at this virtuous woman, this godly woman, and we know this, she fears God. She is valued by her husband. She is a hard worker. She is energetic. The woman who fears God finds a way to help those in need. And at the same time, she's not worrying about all the stuff that's on her own plate. The woman who fears God, when she opens her mouth, it's not cutting. It's not gossiping. It's, 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 it makes others feel that they have value. She speaks with wisdom and kindness. And the woman who fears God will be greatly praised. Now that's a woman, a woman of God. And when you look at her, you're not looking at her figure. You're not looking at her clothing. You're not looking at her style or her fashion. What you see is strength and dignity and peace. That's a godly woman. We can train our little girls. Pick whatever age you want, four, five, six. We can train them how to put on a dress and look like a princess. We can help them with a sport or a skill. And we can help them make them look really good, right? But what about being a godly woman? How are we doing with raising up those little girls to someday be a godly woman? What matters in life when all is said and done? Likes on social media? Trophies? Flattering comments? Is that what gives you value, ladies? No. No. Your purity, your kindness, your gentleness, your godliness... That is what God wants from you. And our prayers are with you to strive towards that. Would you stand, please? Ladies, I want to say thank you. I want to thank you for all you do. I really do appreciate you. 
And, and I realize you do a lot. And this morning, I, I, I hope you heard the message. It was really directed towards all you women to be godly women, to understand that you are valued, created by God with purpose and, and intention. You are not a mistake. He created you with purpose. And I want you to hear that this morning. Um, and here's the thing. I did discover one thing that you ladies can't do. And it's like, whoa, you all get nervous now, right? You cannot be a godly woman if you don't have God in your life. And if you're in here this morning and you've never had a, started a relationship with the God of this universe, I would encourage you to make this day that day when you confess your sins to a holy God and you invite him to come into your life and ask him to be your, not just your savior, but your Lord. During this song, I'm, I'm gonna ask this. There, I think there may be some, some women here this morning that could use a little extra prayer. Maybe you've had a rough week, a rough day, a rough life. Maybe you haven't felt valued or loved. Maybe you feel like you have missed the mark on being a godly woman and you've just failed miserably. And maybe you just need some prayer. Karen's gonna be up here off to my right side, your left, right, over towards the corner of the room here. And during the song, if you would like some prayer or you would like to pray with some other ladies, I'm gonna invite you while we're singing to just go right over there and, and pray with Karen. And even after church, um, she'll be over there as well and continuing to pray. And I think this would be a great opportunity for you ladies to maybe get some personal prayer or with some other ladies as well. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, this morning for this opportunity to look into your word and see what a godly woman looks like. And Heavenly Father, I think there are many women here that have maybe put a standard of expectation upon their life so high that, and they have beat themselves down so low that they do not feel of value, do they not feel of worth. They feel like they can never achieve being that godly model to another person. All they've looked at are models on TV and fell short. God, you've not asked for that. This is your creation. These are your daughters here that you love. You tell us that when we confess with our mouths and believe in our hearts that Jesus Christ is Lord, we become your children and your Holy Spirit enters our life. And we thank you for that. We thank you for your forgiveness of our sins. We thank you, Lord, for your spirit that works within us as we try to live for you. And God, I just pray right now for the women in here who have maybe been a little too rough on themselves or maybe other circumstances that beat them down. Lord, I pray this morning that they are lifted up and encouraged, that they know they are loved and they are valued. Lord, I pray that as we sing this song, that if, if you are just dealing in the hearts right now, Lord, of some of the women in this room, Lord, prompt them to leave where they're standing and to go pray more. May the conversation continue, Lord. We love you, Lord. We want to sing to you now. In the name we pray, amen.